You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. Keep your Bibles open here as we're in uh, the, the Gospel of Luke, chapter number 7. And here we find a man by the name of John, John the Baptist. And, uh, and so sometimes people say, well, why are you Baptist? And I've heard people say, well, because John was a Baptist. No, I'm a Baptist not because of uh, John or because of a title. I'm Baptist because of doctrine. Uh, it's ba based on biblical belief and what the Baptists have historically stood for. Uh, and that is not the case across the board. In any denomination, you'll have people that will change and uh, whatnot. But uh, uh, this morning as we're here and we look at this man, uh, he, was, he was called John the Baptist. And he was, he was one that baptized. Uh, and so here, uh, as we look at him, we see a man who was a prophet. We find a man who stood out from among those that he lived. He was, he was different. He, he uh, had a strange dress code. Uh, a leather girdle. Uh, he, uh, uh, he ate locusts and wild honey. Uh, John was, he was a different individual. And you can just put that with all preachers. They're just different. Uh, but uh, anyway, John, he was, he was more than just an individual or a prophet. John was one that was the forerunner of the Lord Jesus Christ. The finishing up of the Old Testament and the leading into the New Testament, the coming of the Messiah, and at the death of Christ was the beginning of that New Testament. A testament is established, empowered by the death of the testator. And so here we have this transitional period from the Lord, uh, the Old Testament, coming into uh, the New Testament. And John was that forerunner. John was the one that uh, was coming, and he was the voice. He was the one crying in the wilderness, uh, and he was make straight the way of the Lord. So he was the introducer. He was the one that was coming, and he was, he was grabbing a hold of the Old Testament, and he was reaching into the New Testament, and he was a vessel that God used uh, to bring the two together. And this prophet, as the forerunner of the Lord, he was, he was a voice. Look with me back in, in John. Take your Bibles, go to John. Hold your place in Luke. We'll come back. Uh, but John chapter number 1. And look with me at verse number 19. John chapter 1, and look with me verse number 19. The Bible says, and this is the, the record of John, when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who art thou? And he confessed and denied not, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, What then? Art thou Elias? And he saith, I am not. Art thou that prophet? And he answered, No. Then said they unto him, Who art thou, that we may give an answer to them that sent us? What sayest thou of thyself? And he said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord, as said the prophet Isaiah. And so we find this great prophet uh, of the faith, 
All right, with new baby is here. All right, little Ash. All right, praise the Lord. Good to see you this morning. Okay, everybody was looking at you anyway, so it didn't matter. Uh, so I might as well have just addressed it. Uh, but anyway, good. So John here, though, uh, he, is, he is an individual that had great faith. Here he was, one that had a great message. He was the messenger. He was that one that was coming before the Messiah. He was the one that was calling out, this is Christ. What an amazing opportunity. But you know, we find this great man of faith having doubt. When we go back to Luke in chapter number 7, we find this prophet who has stood for righteousness. He has stood for truth. And now he finds himself imprisoned. John's in jail. And some of his followers come to see him. And he tells them, go talk to Jesus and ask him, art thou he that should come or look we for another? A person who had that strength, that intestinal fortitude, that willingness to stand alone, the willingness to stand up against the religious crowd, the willingness to stand up against the political crowd, the culture of the day. And then in Luke, we find him as he's in prison for standing for truth and righteousness. Now he says, go ask Jesus again. Are you really the Christ? Are you the Messiah? Or should we look for another? You know, doubt is part of faith. We think, oh no, doubt is the opposite of faith. No, faith includes doubt. Otherwise, it's just fact. In our faith and in our stages of faith, we will find that we all have some doubt. And when those days come, we've got to know how to deal with it. We've got to know how do I navigate through these areas when that doubt comes and when those problems come. Uh, my pastor, when I was uh, in college, he would say, faith is belief plus doubt mixed together but stepping out on the belief. It is that, that, that belief and the doubt, it's both, but it's taking the step on the belief. I was standing right at the edge of the platform. I could not take another step. Uh, I did not have that much faith. And so uh, here we, we look, and this morning, uh, I want to speak to you on the subject, when we doubt. When we doubt. Father, I pray that you'd help us this morning. You know the needs of each person here today, and 
Uh, Lord, we, we all go through different stages in our life and stages in this journey of faith. And so I pray that you would help us today to be able to uh, glean some truths to help us. Uh, may we be encouraged and strengthened. Uh, may we uh, be able to uh, reconcile some of the doubts that we have had and uh, to be able to realize that, uh, Lord, that's normal. Uh, but yet we still need to take those steps and trust you and have faith. And so I pray that you would bless now. Bless our people for Christ's sake. Amen. When we doubt. You know, it's not if you doubt. It'll be when. Doubt is something that comes to everybody. And that doubt is, it may be in one area of your life. Maybe, in, maybe there'll be multiple areas. Uh, let me just take a, a raise of hand. How many of you have ever doubted your salvation? Was it because God was not trustworthy? No. Was it because that you did not believe God? No. Was it because you didn't love God? No. But doubt comes. It's a reality. It's part of this, this sin-cursed nature that we have. And we are going to battle this area of doubt. And here, when we find uh, this man of great faith uh, doubting himself, in himself, he said, Art thou he that should come, or look we for another? Uh, we, we stop and think, wait a second, John. You know that it was, he was the Messiah. Yet he still doubted. He still doubted. So what do we do when we doubt? When we doubt. Number one, I want you to see, uh, remember the past. Remember the past. You know, uh, we have, we have, if we are going to deal with uh, doubt in our life, we've, we've got we've to have some steps that we're taking. We need to have uh, a pre-planned process of what we're going to do. When our, my kids were learning how to drive, uh, we would be driving and I would start throwing scenarios out. A dog runs out in front of you. Uh, what are you going to do? Uh, you do not swerve. If you swerve, you can go head on into that family that's coming the other direction and kill uh, that lady and her children. Uh, you could swerve off to the side of the road and you can hit, hit a construction worker or a pedestrian that's walking. Uh, you would just grab onto the steering wheel. You would hold it in uh, the lane. You would hit your brakes. And if you could not stop, you would hit the dog. But you would not go off the road, hit a telephone pole yourself. And what was it? There was a plan. Uh, I would tell them, if you're driving down the road and a cat runs out in front, no, I better not tell the rest of that one. And, and so uh, anyway, uh, you know, uh, there was pre-planned things, uh, military, uh, law enforcement, uh, they go through situations and that situational scenario helps them to know what they are going to do in a given situation so you don't have to stop and think about it. And you know what? In our faith, we've got to know what we're going to do when problems come because problems are going to come. What are we going to do when doubt comes? Because doubt is going to come. So how do I deal with that? First of all, I've got to remember the past. Uh, go back to John chapter 1. Go back to John chapter 1 and look with me at verse number 29. In John chapter 1, uh, verse number 29, 
The Bible says, The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him, and saith, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Now you just stop and think about this. John himself, uh, just a little while before, is looking at Jesus as he's coming, and he makes the declaration, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. You know what he is, uh, What we have to do in our mind? We've got to go back to the past. We've got to go back and see... Uh, Uh, what God has already revealed to us. Verse 30, this is he of whom I said, after me cometh a man which is preferred before me, for he was before me. Talking about Jesus, he who, who was before him. Now, John is, uh, was an older cousin to the Lord Jesus Christ. So John is older. He's not talking about age. He's talking about the pre-existence of Jesus as God, uh, the deity of Jesus Christ. And so John has recognized this already. He has already, he's already processed this in his mind. It says in verse 31, And I knew him not, but that he should be made manifest to Israel, Therefore, I am come baptizing with water. And John bare record, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it abode upon him. And I knew him not, but he that sent me to baptize, talking about the Father, uh, the same said unto me, Upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, the same as he which baptizes with the Holy Ghost. And I saw and bear record that this is the Son of God. You know what? Uh, John, he had already, in his past, he had already come to the realization that Jesus was the Messiah, that Jesus was the promised uh, one that was going to come and take away the sin of the world. He was the Lamb of God. He was the pre-existent Son of God. He was deity. And here, you see, John, he had already, in his past, he had already made those decisions. You know what? When we start to have doubt, we've got to go back in our mind and start remembering what we've already decided, what we have already experienced. You see, the declaration that John had already made, behold the Lamb of God, the decision uh, that he had put in him, which taketh away the sin of the world, the summation that was there in verse 34, and I saw and bear record that this is the Son of God. Praise the Lord. You know what? When doubt comes, you know what we got to do? We got to back up a little bit. We got to back up because the, the, we got to remember that past. Where were you when you met Christ? Where were you when you accepted the Lord as your personal Savior? For some, uh, it was at church. How many of you accepted Christ at church? All right, praise the Lord. How many of you received Christ? Uh, Maybe uh, we've got people that are sitting here this morning that received Christ in jail. There are people that have received Christ out on the sidewalk. Someone shared the gospel with them. There are people that their mom or their dad or a family member uh, introduced them to Christ. You know what? When doubt comes, you know what we need to do? We need to stop and we need to go back to the beginning. Go back to the beginning of your faith because faith comes uh, uh, through that relationship with Christ. It all begins uh, at salvation. And here we we see, we need to remember uh, where we were when we met Jesus, uh, what transpired in that process. 
It was April 23rd, 1983. I know you've heard the story again. You're tired of it, but I'm not. On a Sunday night, uh, I uh, was taken to church. My, my parents, they got saved on a Sunday morning uh, and uh, a whole long ordeal prior to that uh, and, and uh, fought with them. Uh, and I wasn't going to church. I went spend the, the weekend with my brother so I wouldn't go to church that Sunday morning. And they, they came, my dad and my mom and uh, my sister, younger sister, they went to church and they accepted Christ as their personal savior. Followed the Lord in believer's baptism that Sunday. Uh, and that Sunday afternoon, they came home. They walked in the front door. Their hair was all wet, and I just kept on watching TV. I was like, what, what's going on? They went swimming or what? I don't know. Uh, and so uh, about 7 o'clock, 6.30, 7 o'clock, uh, we had uh, our Sunday night services were at 7 back then. And, and, and here we, uh, the uh, dad says, get ready. I said, for what? They said, for church. And I said, you already went to church. They said, we're going again. I said, you can go if you want to, but I'm not going. We had a knockdown drag out, and I lost. And you know what, Mom and Dad, you should win the battle with your kids. You've got to fight for getting your kids where they need to be. Say, well, they don't, they don't want to be there. I'm not going to force them. They don't want to go to school either. Yeah. And here they, they made me go to church, and... Here I was that Sunday night, uh, I was sitting to the preacher's left, about four or five rows back. I was on the aisle, and I don't know if that was pre-planned or what, uh, but uh, I was on the aisle, and during the invitation, uh, the preacher preached, and I have no idea what that pastor preached, but during the invitation, a military, an Air Force guy walked up, grabbed me by the elbow, said, hey, do you know for sure if he died, you'd go to heaven? And I said, no. He said, can I show you? And he walked me down the aisle just to the preacher's left at the altar. He opened up his Bible and he showed me that I was a sinner in need of a Savior and that Jesus Christ was that Savior. He was the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And by faith, I accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. And gone, 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 gone. Yes, my sins are gone. Dar buried in the deepest sea. Yes, that's good enough for me. I shall live eternally, praise God. My sins are gone. They're gone. You know what? What was it? Where were you at when you got saved? Where did it all begin? When doubt comes, you need to go back in your mind and say, yeah, I remember when I put my faith in Christ. I remember that day. You say, Pastor, I don't remember that day. Then today is the day of salvation. You say, well, I've been in church my whole life. Church will not get you to church or to heaven. Church will not get anybody into the doors of heaven. A church is a place where the church is not for the lost. The church is for the saved. And the church, uh, as believers, it is the assembly of baptized believers. That is the church. And that group of believers, uh, they come, and there is an opportunity of, for them to be edified and built up and strengthened. And, of course, uh, people will come to the church uh, that do not know Christ as their Savior. But it's a wonderful place to get saved. But church isn't going to get anybody saved, and baptism isn't going to get anybody uh, into heaven. Uh, the only way that anybody will enter into, the, uh, into heaven is because they personally put their faith in Jesus Christ. 
They ask Him to forgive their sins. They ask Him to become their Savior. And in doing so, uh, we are born again and born into the family of God. Praise the Lord. You see, what do we do when we doubt? We've got to remember the past. Remember the past. Where were you when you met Jesus? Uh, Relive that in your mind. What transpired? What events did God use to bring you to a place of salvation? What was it? I look back and I think how the Holy Spirit had been working on my mom. We We didn't have a church background. Growing up, mom was a bartender doing everything she could to keep food on the table for us kids, raising us by herself. When, she, when I was eight, she remarried and married Pops. And, uh, you know, what a, what a blessing. But we, didn't, we, we, didn't, we weren't raised in church. But I remember how the Holy Spirit, I can look back and see how God was working on mom's heart. We moved out of the city and into the country, and we moved out to the country. Mom wanted to go to church. The Lord had been working on her heart. She went to that phone book. You know, that big book that's about this big, it's about like this. Nobody knows what it is unless you have gray hair anymore. But uh, uh, anyway, the big phone book. And she went to churches and it started with the A's and it was an assembly of God. And there was an assembly of God church not too far from our house. And, and I think I was in fourth grade. And uh, anyway, we, uh, she picked a ch- this church and we got in the car. Uh, my mom, my dad, my sister, uh, my cousin was with us. Uh, and we went into this church and it was a little old A-frame church off of uh, Mount... Uh, it wasn't Mountain Highway, it was Kapowson Highway. Uh, and, and I remember uh, going into that little wood frame church. They had uh, wood pews and uh, they were short enough where all of us couldn't be on the same pew. So mom and dad were smart enough to put us boys right in front of them where they could reach up and snap us in the back of the head if we started messing around. And, and I remember during that service, somebody got up and started speaking in tongues and all kinds of things were going on. And it was just confusion to us. We walked out of that church and it was like, man, we're not going back to church if that's what church is. And then I was in the eighth grade and the Lord was working again on my mom's heart. She went back to that same phone book, got to churches, got to A's and said, we didn't do so good there. Uh, in the A's, let's go to the B's. Uh, and she found Bethel Baptist Church, and that was uh, the church that they picked. You know, God has a way of working to bring things together. I don't know if maybe it was turmoil in your life. Maybe there was a marriage that was falling apart. Maybe there was a, uh, a, a relationship that you had or uh, finances. There, God uses circumstances to get us ready to listen. When we doubt, what do we do? Remember the past. Remember the past. If God cared enough to orchestrate all the circumstances to bring us to a place where we would accept him as our savior, boy, that's a good thing to recognize. What does it do? It just helps my faith uh, become established. What transpired, the events, the people, the circumstances of our life, the specific situations, what happened? You got saved, praise the Lord. Remember the past. When you doubt, what do we do? Remember the past. What do we do when we doubt? Number two, 
review the present. Review the present. Go back to Luke chapter number 7. Luke chapter number 7. When we go here to this passage, John is in prison. We find the, that uh, uh, John calls out a political power. He tells them it's not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. And here when that happens, he put himself in the crosshairs. He stood for righteousness. He stood against sin. And let me tell you, today sin is still sin. Adultery is still sin. Fornication is still sin. Uh, living together unmarried, that's still sin. Boy, you're quiet even there. Uh, it's a good thing I'm not as quiet as you are. Uh, and so it's still sin. We've got to stand for it. We've got to stand for what is right. And John stood for what was right. And he found himself in prison. You know, just because things don't work out good for us doesn't mean that it wasn't good for us to stand. Well, I don't want to make anybody mad. Neither do I. But if it comes down to making you mad or making him mad, I'm going to make somebody else mad. You know, here, we've got to stand for truth. John stood for truth. He stood for righteousness. And in standing for truth and in standing for righteousness, he found himself in jail. Now, the circumstances are not one that's good. You remember back just two and a half years ago? We were closed. Dr. Lou was having these messages. She was having Zoom meetings with pastors. And I challenged her on some of her stands. And even among the pastors, I got lit up. And with that, as we were making decisions that we were going to open back up, whether Dr. Lou said we could open up or not, I recognized, you know what? I could end up in jail. I told Brother David, correct? I, I told Brother David, I said, listen, if they come and they take me to jail, don't, I don't want you going to jail. That pressure was not his to bear. That was mine. But the reality was we opened up regardless. If I would have ended up in jail, it would have still been the right thing to do. You know, our, our, our brothers and sisters that are in communist countries, they deal with that every time they assemble. We've got one of our missionaries who is out of our church right here. And he is in a communist country and he is back under investigation. They do not know whether or not they are going to expel him out of the country. But it's been something for over 20 years that he has dealt with every single service. You know, if I would have gone to jail, I would have been in some pretty good company with those who have 
throughout the ages stood for the Lord. You know, John, he had to, he had to review. He needed to look at the present. Uh, go back to John or Luke chapter number 7 uh, and verse number 19. I'll hasten here. Luke 7 verse 19. And John calling unto him two of his disciples sent them to Jesus saying, Art thou he that should come or look we for another? And the men were come uh, unto him. They said, John Baptist hath sent us unto thee saying, Art thou he that should come or look we for another? And in that same hour he cured many of their infirmities and plagues and evil spirits and unto many many that were blind he gave sight then Jesus answering said unto them go your way and tell what John uh, tell John what things you have seen and heard and how the blind see and the the lame walk and the lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear and the dead are raised and the poor uh, to the poor the gospel is preached uh, here when we stop and we look at uh, reviewing the present uh, we need to really look at what is it in my life that is causing me to doubt. You see, doubt comes, but when that doubt comes, we need to review the past, but we also need to review, remember the past, we need to review the present. What is it that's causing you to doubt? What is it that is bringing this doubt about? What is the core issue that's causing you to even doubt uh, the faithfulness of God? What is it? Is it a financial situation? I don't know about you, but I love it every time I go to the gas pump. No, definitely not. Is it a financial issue? Is it a marriage issue? Is it a friendship, family? Is it a job? A career problem? Is it the weight of your business? Is it the unknown of your future? What is it that's causing you to doubt? Because there is a reason. While we, why we doubt. There is something that is causing you to come to that place in your life where now you are doubting your faith. So, so if we're going to fix it, we better make sure we figure out what it is. And so here we've got to look into our own life to find out what was it that was uh, causing this. John was in prison for his stand for Christ. He was in prison for his stand. Uh, was his stand right? Yes, it was right. Was his position right? Yes, it was right. And John was experiencing uh, what the prophets of old had experienced. Uh, we think about some of the old prophets. Elijah, he was on the run uh, from Jezebel. I think about Jeremiah the prophet. He was cast into prison and he was, he was given uh, the water and bread of affliction uh, to eat. Uh, we think about Daniel. He was tossed to the lions and cast in the lion's den. Uh, there, have, there have been situations and circumstances that people experience. And what is it that is really causing us to doubt in our faith? What is the situation? Now, John's situation was different than ours. 
You know, we're not, we're not in prison because we've told a political leader that uh, he's being immoral. That's not a situation that really any of us will probably ever uh, face. But uh, for that day, for that culture, he stood against uh, what was going on. And in our day, we've got to stand what's going, against what's going on. But what's our situation? What is it that's causing him in a doubt? Is it the health? Is it the, the hurts? Uh, is it the unmet expectations? Is it an evil attack that's coming my way? Is it marital unrest or broken relationships, financial pressures, bills, budgets? Uh, what is it that's causing those problems? Uh, fuel or formula or fiscal response? I don't know what the situation is, but whatever it is that's causing you to doubt, you better figure out what it is and you've got to you've got to reflect you've got to review what's going on in your life right now that's causing you to have that doubt you can't fix unknowns you can't fix unknowns you can't you can't wrap your mind around all the unknowns to be able to bring that sense of peace that all of us want. How many of you want peace? I want peace. Peace is a wonderful thing. But with that in our own personal life and in our faith, if we are going to have doubt, we've got to know what it is. What is it that's causing us to doubt the Lord? Because it just comes down to faith. It comes down to trust. Do we trust the Lord to deal with our issues? Don't you hate that word, issues? But all of us have them. We all have issues. We all have baggage. We have problems that we deal with uh, on a regular basis. And what is it that's causing us to doubt the Lord, to doubt his love, to doubt his provision, to doubt his plan, to doubt his holiness, uh, his plan of holiness and separation and dedication? And John could look back and say, well, you know what? If I wouldn't have said anything, I would have been okay. Well, no, because then he would have been out of God's plan. We've got to do right, and we've got to follow God's plan. Uh, is, is our doubt coming because of his unfaithfulness? Definitely not, because he's always faithful. How many of our problems are just our problems? They're ours. They're self-inflicted. And so many times, that is, that's the case. But that doubt, it comes. Maybe the, the reason we are in a place of doubt, maybe we are just in a refiner's fire. Maybe there is a, a time that God is allowing us to go through some pressures to help refine us, to remove some impurities out of our life so we can come forth as gold as the Bible teaches us. So what do we do uh, when we doubt? Remember the past, review the present, but lastly, resist the pressure. Resist the pressure. What's the pressure? To walk away. Pressure's to walk away. You know, it's amazing 
how many times we will see people of faith go through a trial or a tragedy and walk out the doors and they walk away from the Lord almost as if that's going to fix it. And it never does. Christian, if you are God's child, he will chasten every son whom he receiveth. He will chasten his children. And just because we don't like what he has allowed into our life, we've got to make sure that we don't allow ourselves that ability just to, to bail. Do you think it's do you think it's gonna just magically fix itself? It doesn't. Is it that people who don't have faith, they don't have problems? Absolutely they have problems. Problems come because we are in this world. But as a person of faith, we've got to review. We've got to resist. We've got to remember, we've got to review, but then we've got to resist that pressure, that pressure to leave. In Luke 7, verse 23, the Lord said, Blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. Whosoever shall not be offended in me. That word offended is the word scandalizo. It's the word that we get the term scandalize. It is a word that means to trap. And God says, blessed is he who is not trapped in me. He is not He is not. He is not scanned. He is not led astray. He is not entrapped. It literally talks about a trap that has the stick. You know, if there was a box and you're trying to catch a cat, and you, uh, no, you wouldn't want to. I better leave that one alone. Uh, and so you're going to catch a cat or some animal, and you have a stick there, and you're trying to, maybe you have some, uh, some food in there, and you tie a, uh, some type of a, uh, of a lure to that, and they grab a hold of that lure, that food, and, and they grab it, and that stick falls, and they are trapped. Uh, the Bible says, the Lord is saying, blessed is he who is not trapped in me. He's not offended in me. If we are offended in him, we are entrapped. There's a devil who wants to entrap all of us. And when we lose our faith in him, we've been trapped. You say, oh no, I've got freedom. Oh no, you've been trapped. You've been trapped. The Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. You know what? The devil is trying to entrap us. 
Yesterday I was out uh, uh, door knocking, and, and as I was going door to door, I, uh, there was a man that was outside, and I, and I had uh, some, um, some of our gospel tracks, but I also had uh, some of our recovery tracks. Uh, and this person uh, has the gospel on the back of the recovery tracks, but he looked like he was really having a, a rough life. And I gave him one of these recovery tracks. And, and on the front of the recovery track, it says, Breaking the Chains. And this man looked at me and said, yeah. He says, I've already broke the chains. I said, really? He says, yep. He said, I used to be chained at church. And I thought to myself, that is, I mean, I was, just, I was a little taken back. I've not heard that before. I said, really? How about you tell me about that? And he started going in. He says, you know, you go to church and all of a sudden, you know, it becomes controlling. I said, you mean, you mean the Lord and the Bible and God wants to change our life? Yeah, it's like you, you have to start doing some things and you got to quit doing other things. I said, yeah, that's not a chain that we need to break. You know, but his idea was, I got to get away. As, as if that was going to bring freedom. Let me tell you, running from God does not bring freedom. In our faith, we will doubt. And in those times of doubt, we find here the Lord is right after the disciples come and said, John, John asked us to come. Art thou he or seek we uh, for another? The Lord started a, he was healing the sick, the lame, the blind. Uh, he was meeting the needs of the people. And he told the disciples, go tell John what you saw. You know what, believer? When we start doubting, you know what we need to do? We need to start looking at all that Jesus is doing and just go tell somebody about what Jesus has done. You know, you need to see what Jesus is doing and has done in your life. And maybe you look around and you see somebody that's a little bit discouraged. And maybe somebody is beginning to get a little bit disillusioned. You know what you need to do? You need to go tell them. Why? Because you need to help encourage their faith. Don't just let them go. And Jesus here, he, he wrought some extra miracles. He sends the disciples back. They were excited. They got to see what the Lord had just done. And they got to tell G, G, uh, John firsthand what Jesus was doing. There's no greater testimony than firsthand testimony of the transformational power of Christ. And if he has changed your life and he is working in your life, tell other people about it. You know what it will do? It will encourage some people. It will also encourage you. What to do when we doubt? What to do? Remember the past. Review the present. But resist. Resist that pressure, that pressure to run. If here today, you say, Pastor, I've, I've been struggling with some doubt. Let's just start thinking about what God has done in your life. How he has got you to be here on a Sunday morning. You know, there are a lot of other things we could be doing than being in church on a Sunday morning. But we're here. 
That's not on accident. God got us here. And with that, we need to be able to see what he is doing in our lives. Father, I pray that you'd help us. Lord, you know the needs of each heart and each person that's here uh, represented. And I pray that you would help all of us uh, to, to just... Uh, grab a hold of these truths and help us to be strengthened in our faith that uh, we are just trusting you and uh, following you and may our doubt disappear. May our faith be increased and may it grow. Uh, But Lord, help us to just stay faithful and true to you. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Uh, You're here this morning. Do you know Christ is your personal Savior? You say, Pastor, I, I know. I, I know the Lord is my Savior. I can go back to my, in my mind to a time, a place where I accepted Him. You say, Pastor, that's me. Just lift your hand up. It's a testimony to the Lord. I know that I'm, uh, I'm saved, a child of God. I've accepted Him as my Savior. Praise the Lord. You can put your hands down. Maybe you're here this morning. You say, Pastor, I don't have that assurance. I don't know. I'm concerned about it. I wish I could have that assurance. Pastor, pray for me. I won't come to you. I won't embarrass you, but I'd like to pray for you. Pastor, pray for me. I'm unsure if I would go to heaven. Pray for me. Just lift your hand up. Let me pray for you this morning. Let me pray for you. All right, how about a believer? Do you know the Lord? Do you know the Lord? If you, if you know the Lord, are we doubting Him? Let's, let's put some of these things into practice. Let's allow Him not run. Father, you know the needs of each heart. You know what what needs to be done in the life of each person. So work now, please, in a mighty way, we pray for Christ's sake. Amen. Let's stand together as the instruments play. If the Lord spoke to your heart, you come. You come. Others have come this morning. If you're unsure of your eternal destiny, let me encourage you to come. Maybe you just need to bow a knee to the Lord. Maybe your faith has has been struggling a little bit. Maybe you've been saved and you need to follow the Lord in believer's baptism. Whatever the need is, you come. You come. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc, the number four, me.org. May God bless you.